0: A reading, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Go on. <laughs> A reading from the book of James, chapter 2, verse 1 to 10 and 14 to 17, the Passion Translation. My dear brothers and sisters, fellow believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ, how could we say that we have faith in him, and yet we favour one group of people above another? Suppose an influential man comes into your worship meeting wearing gold rings and expensive clothing and also a homeless man in shabby clothes comes in. If you show special attention to the rich man in expensive clothes and say, here's a seat of honour for you right up the front but you turn and say to the poor beggar dressed in rags you stand over there, over here or sit over there on the floor in the back, then you've demonstrated gross prejudice among yourselves and used evil standards of judgment. So, listen carefully, my dear brothers and sisters. Hasn't God chosen the poor in the world's eyes to be those who are rich in faith? And won't they be the heirs of the kingdom realm he promised to those who love him. But yet you insult and shun the poor in your efforts to impress the rich. Isn't it the wealthy who exploit you and drag you into court? Aren't they the ones who blaspheme the beautiful name of the one you now belong to? Your calling is to fulfil the royal law of love as given to us in this scripture. You must love and value your neighbour as you love and value yourself. For keeping this law is the noble way to live. But when you show prejudice, you commit sin and you violate this royal law of love. For the one who attempts to keep all the law of Moses but fails in just one point has become guilty of breaking the law in every respect. My dear brothers and sisters, what good is it if someone claims to have faith but demonstrates no good works to prove it? How could this kind of faith save anyone? For example, if a brother or sister in the faith is poorly clothed and hungry and you leave them saying goodbye, I hope you stay warm and have plenty to eat, but you don't provide them with a coat or even a cup of soup, what good is your faith? So then faith that doesn't involve action is phony. This is the word of
1: the Lord. Glory to you, O Lord. Mark chapter 7, reading from the 24th verse. From there, Jesus set out. And went away to the region of Tyre. He entered a house and didn't want anyone to know he was there. Yet he could not escape notice. But a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit immediately heard about him, and she came and bowed down at his feet. Now the woman was a Gentile of Syrophoenician origin. She begged him to cast the demon out of her daughter. He said to her, Let the children be fed first, for it is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. But she answered him, Sir, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Then he said to her, For saying that, you may go. The demon has left your daughter. So she went home, found the child lying on the bed and the demon gone. Then he returned from the region of Tar and went by way of Sidon towards the Sea of Galilee in the region of the Decapolis. They brought to him a deaf man who had an impediment in his speech, and they begged him to lay his hand on him. He took him aside in private, away from the crowd, and put his fingers into his ears, and he spat and touched his tongue. Then looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, "Ephatha, that is, be opened. And immediately his ears were opened, his tongue was released, and he spoke plainly. Then Jesus ordered them to tell no one. But the more he ordered them, the more zealously they proclaimed it. They were astounded beyond measure, saying, He has done everything well. He even makes the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. So, Lord, open our ears and our hearts afresh to receive you, to hear you, and to act on your words. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you please be seated? I have a dear friend who's always an example to me and perhaps is watching this morning online. Let's call him John. An example because whenever I've been with him on the streets of London and a beggar has asked him for money, he always, always obliges. Not simply with a pound, but often two or three or even a fiver. And me, I think, can't he see? They've already got the DTs, delirium tremens, they're shaking. They're just going to spend it on alcohol or drugs. Or perhaps, I think that they're a scam. They're phony, like the one I saw on the Strand once, uh, sitting with a blanket, but behind the blanket he was watching a film on the iPad. And because I came out of the shop, people were putting money and things, but he was watching a film behind me. And I thought, no. But John never hesitates, never hesitates, however unbelievable the situation appears, that this person's really begging, he never hesitates to get some cash out and puts me to shame. Why? You some of you may know Jesus' words from Luke. Chapter 6, verse 30. Give to everyone who begs from you. Not give because they're worthy, because they're going to do wise things with it. You don't know what they're going to do with it. Jesus just says, give to everyone who begs from you. Indeed, 1 John three seventeen asks this. How does God's love abide in anyone who has the world's goods? and sees a brother or sister in need, and yet refuses help. So when James in our epistle says, faith that doesn't involve action is phony, not only is he right, we're also guilty of disobedience if our faith doesn't involve action. Why? Jesus commanded us, as we all know us, follow us, to love our neighbours as ourselves. Or to recap, to reiterate what James puts, how James puts it, my dear brothers and sisters, what good is it if someone claims to have faith but demonstrates no good works to prove it? How could this kind of faith save anyone? For example... If a brother or sister in the faith is poorly clothed and hungry and you leave them saying goodbye, I hope you stay warm and have plenty to eat, but you don't provide them with a coat or even a cup of soup, what good is your faith? So then, faith that doesn't involve action is phony. Now, this is all foundational. Most of you are mature Christians. You've long read your bible and, and this is all familiar to to all of us i hope here today in terms of christian ethics love your neighbor as yourself means that we understand that god values every single human life highly and equally that we are to regard others whatever their status or station in life as equally valued by god and thus to be no treated no differently by ourselves and it's why James in our epistle reading warns against partiality warns against the prejudices we often show in treating influential or wealthy people or celebrities better than others who are poorer or down and out we are called to love others whoever they are equally And to show by our actions that we value them as God values them. Well, you all know this. You know that this has been the wellspring, the motivation for the love and charitable work done by the church, by Christians, right down through the ages. Many of our ancient foundations, hospitals, um, like Guy's, St. Thomas's, King's, were founded by Christians putting health initiatives into action. Educational initiatives were also often fostered by Christians, wanting to give the poor children of the parish a good education. And a lot of our famous independent schools were actually set up as schools for the poor of the locality or of the town or city in which they were located Christians have always been behind charities to alleviate poverty and have got involved in government like, to, to bring an, about an improvement in the life of the masses, whether it's people like Shaftesbury or those who sponsored the 19th century reforms which improved working conditions in factories. Indeed, Christians acted to abolish slavery. It's why the Bible and our faith still call us to action, that in the face of need, we must act, just like my friend does with everyone who asks him for money. And a generosity, by the way, not limited to beggars on the streets. He also fundraises for charities and gives generously, as well I know. All this is good and an example to all of us, Our epistle and the teachings of Jesus himself underline this. Love your neighbor as yourself. But what if? What if? As I pondered over the past fortnight, the scriptures set for today, it came to me that though practical expressions of love are never to be denied, never to be denigrated, are always vital, are always to be valued. What if? Jesus expects us also to demonstrate more, to demonstrate supernatural expressions of love. Well, what do we mean by this? It means doing what Jesus did, proclaiming the coming of the kingdom of heaven. He cured the sick, he raised the dead, He cleansed lepers, he cast out demons. Indeed, he taught his disciples to do the same, Matthew 10, 7. And it's why later on, after Pentecost, in Acts 3, Peter and John, at the beautiful gate, healed the beggar lame from birth. I have no silver or gold, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up. And immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And walking and leaping and singing with praise. What an awesome God. What an awesome God. All of those in the temple that day must have thought. What an awesome God. He didn't give him silver or gold. He gave him far more precious gift than that. Life and wholeness. So what we see is that through the coming of the Holy Spirit, followers of Jesus were able to cure the sick, to bring about creative miracles, to show and share the love of God through supernatural actions, as well as the still required practical acts of love, like feeding your neighbor. What if God was calling you whenever a beggar asked you for money to heal them of their addiction to alcohol? their addiction to drugs, or to heal them of their mental health condition, their depression, their psychosis, whatever underlying condition has brought them to this situation of homelessness and poverty. What if God was calling you when faced with the need for food, need for clothing, need for help on the part of an individual to tackle the individual's need to be set free, to provide for themselves. Remember, when Jesus set the Gerasim demoniac free, the demon-possessed man who was absolutely strong with all the demons in him, He, he used to beat up anybody who came, he was naked, and people were frightened of him. But once Jesus set him free, he came to his senses, he put on clothes again, and was able to be fully clothed in his right mind. What if God is calling us as his people in action to put our faith in action to lead to supernatural transformation, good works like this? It's what Jesus did during his ministry on earth, and I believe he's calling us, his church, to do do the same. At the end of Mark's gospel, Jesus says this, and... These signs will accompany those who believe. By using my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes in their hands. And if they drink any deadly thing, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. What if God is calling us as believers to have these signs accompany us? Yes, as I've said, I'm, I'm not denying the need for social action, for practical expressions of love, to provide food and clothing, to help the prisoners. Glad to see Dave is here today, Dave Dixon, his charity to support prisoners, to who are coming out often with no resources, needing the help. Of the saints. What if God is calling us to meet not just those practical needs, but to go further, to allow ourselves to be equipped and empowered by Him to do supernatural works that meet the real underlying needs of everyone we encounter? To cure the sick. And cast out demons means tackling through God's power the underlying causes of physical ailments. All sickness is of the enemy, is of the devil. The underlying causes of physical ailments, mental health conditions, and the afflictions that plague and pervade our world. It's through such supernatural action that real change becomes possible and the church grows. You may give a beggar some change, but what if you free him from that which keeps him lame? You may give money, like my friend John, but what if you speak healing over their addiction to drugs, to alcohol, or mental health issues? The things that, as I've said, resulted in them being on the streets begging. It's not an optional extra. And the church is rediscovering that. It's not an optional extra. Jesus says his followers will do these things. And if we're not doing these things, I don't know about you, to me an uneasy question looms every time I read those words at the end of Mark's Gospel. Am I really his follower? Are we really his followers? We don't need to get despondent though, because these things, well, I'm not doing this. I'm not setting people free. I'm not walking down the high street, getting people jumping and leaping with joy all the time. We don't need to get despondent. And I'm going to, through the kind permission of Judas, share a word from the Lord which shows how God will enable us to be like Jesus. She shared it at our evening service worship on the 22nd of August and, uh, and I'll just share it as she emailed it to me. How wonderful to see faces and lips again. We've all realised from wearing masks to a certain extent we lip read and gain so much from facial expression as we communicate with one another. All lip readers know how tiring the concentration can be For those who have not tried lip-reading, wear earplugs for 15 minutes having a conversation with someone. Thank you. (laughs) On arriving home after Sunday morning service, my eyes needed shut-eye time to relax for 10 minutes after concentrating on hearing. Victor woke me two hours later, and this is the dream I had whilst asleep. An easel had been set up outside, ready for a watercolour painting. As I looked into the box, the watercolour tubes had one label, no colours. They were all labelled, gifts and fruit of the Holy Spirit. Whilst painting, a person stopped to chat, and a tube in the box glowed. I squeezed this tube onto the palette. The pigment had the words written, Encouragement and hope. I started to speak words of encouragement and hope. The person went away saying they felt really blessed. The next person stopped, and a different tube glowed. This time the pigment said, Joy and kindness. As I started to speak, words came from the Lord and kindness. As the person needed. People continued to stop. And different tubes glowed. So I knew which pigment to squeeze. As this would indicate the gift or fruit of the Holy Spirit would give for that person. Now if like myself you've been praying. Asking the Lord to give gifts and fruit of his spirit. To share with others. This is what I believe the Lord was showing in the dream. We all have a box full of the Holy Spirit, gifts and fruit, because he lives in us. When people start to to speak to us, when people speak to us, look inside the box. Find the one tube thing that is glowing and start to use that. At that point, the Lord will give you by the Holy Spirit words needed to the person you are with. He will give all that is required to minister to the deepest need. It may be the healing touch or miracle in a situation, a verse of scripture, prayer, or practical helping hand, words of hope, comfort, words of love. Whatever is required, you and I are partners with the Lord. We are his voice, his hands, his feet to speak and bring about what is needed into situations for his glory. This is like bringing a touch of heaven down to earth through you and me. What a privilege and joy. The Lord has invested so much in us and he wants us to know the joy of being partners and a channel of his blessing to others. As I shared this with the Sunday evening group, I started by saying I'm very excited by all God is doing at St. Paul's. The sense of the Lord's presence and atmosphere is where we are filled with his power to go out and share the gifts and fruit of the Holy Spirit and the many blessings we receive. That's our awesome God. He wants to use little old me little old you, to bring about his glory on earth, to show the world he's real, that men and women like you and me can transform the lives of those we encounter with the good news of Jesus Christ. We're going to pray into this because this is what God wants. That this science will accompany those who believe. The gift of tongues. But also to lay hands on the sick. And see them recover. To cast out demons. To raise the dead. You know, some of you may have tired of me talking about new season of NSPPD. New season of prophetic prayer declarations. But it raises my spirit every day. Hearing the testimonies of men and women around this world. Watching on a computer. Who have been impacted by the spirit of God. Learning to step out in faith and see miracles take place. That's what church is for. We're meant to be like that. The church enacts. The church in which believers are accompanied by these signs. So let's stand. Let's stand. We're going, to, we're going to ask the band to come forward. We're going to pray Anastasis in a moment song. But as they come up, let's, let's pray for an outpouring. I say, come up to lead us in that. We'll, we'll pray first and then we'll, we'll segue into worshipping in that song. Father God, and can I encourage you to lift out hands in front of you up to receive. Ha. Jesus, you're awesome. Father, you're awesome. And you want to release the vest of heaven to your children. I see you're here now. As your spirit hovers in this place, drop into hands. Drop into hands. Anoint your children with the gifts and fruit of the spirit, that they may be emboldened, equipped to go out and do the things that you command them to do. Break open ears. Efata. Let ears, spiritual ears, be set open. Let spiritual doorways be opened. Doors that were shut opened. Father, let the Spirit of God fall upon your people afresh, unto all every hungry heart, everyone desiring to go deeper with you. Meet their need right now, and let there be testimonies, Lord, from today of boldness leading to the glory of God. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And we're going to sing now, as we sing, just bring your desires before him as we praise his name.
0: Thank you, Bimbi. This, everything
1: seems to be working together for us who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. The sermon testimonies comes about praising the name of God. You know, if you listen to the song as a prayer while you're singing it, you may, and I think I believe you will have a different meaning Amen. to this song as we sing, we we'll praise the name.